Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode number 38. Well, thank the Lord for bringing us this far. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for the good night's rest. We thank you for waking us refreshed to a brand new day. And we pray now as we open your word, you will give us something for our soul's need this day. And we pray this in and through the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, if you've just joined us, we've been going through the life of Jacob. In the last episode, we looked at Jacob's gift to appease his brother Esau and what that had to do with camel's milk. We also considered the attitude we need to take when praying to God for help. We don't just pray and do nothing. Instead, we pray as though everything depended upon God and then work to sort out our own problem as though everything depended upon us. Pray and act is the idea here. But pray persistently. Persevering prayer prevails with God. That's what I want to look at today in light of Jacob's experience. We'll see what happened when Jacob spent the entire night in prayer and why it's significant to us. Let's read it here. It's in Genesis chapter 32 verses 24 to 26 I'm reading. And it says here, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, that is, Jacob said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Wow! What an amazing response from Jacob here. Now, what was going on here? Well, let's have a look. Um, I want to share with uh, with you from Alan White, uh, one of my favorite Christian authors. She gives a comprehensive account of this experience. Let me share it. Strong hands are suddenly laid upon Jacob's shoulders. He immediately grapples his assailant, for he feels that his attack is a design upon his life, that he is in the hands of a robber, or a murderer. You'll remember they, uh, robbers or murderers were frequently uh, seen and, and, and um, encountered in that region. The contest, she goes on to say here, the contest is severe. Neither utters a word. But Jacob puts forth all his strength and does not relax his efforts for a moment. Thus the struggle continued until near the break of day when the stranger placed his finger upon Jacob's thigh, and he was crippled instantly. The patriarch now discerns. So something happens here now. The patriarch, she writes here, now discerns the character of his antagonist. He knows that he has been in bodily conflict with a heavenly messenger. He falls a conquered foe, all penitent and broken, upon the neck of the angel. In the inspired history of this event, the one who wrestled with Jacob is called a man. Hosea calls him the angel, as in Hosea 12 verse 4. While Jacob said, I have seen God face to face. He is also said to have had power with God. It was the majesty of heaven, the angel of the covenant that came in the form and appearance of a man to Jacob. You see, angel means a messenger. Now, when it is applied to Christ, it doesn't just mean that 
Well, it doesn't mean that Jesus was created. It means that he, as the eternal Son of God, is the messenger of the covenant, the one who mediates between us and God. Ellen White continues with her account. She writes here, The divine messenger uses some force to release himself from the grasp of Jacob. He pleads with him, Let me go, for the day breaketh. But Jacob had been pleading the promises of God. He had been trusting his pledged word, which is as sure and unfailing as his throne. And now through humiliation, repentance and self-surrender, this sinful, erring mortal can make terms with Jesus Christ. I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Can you believe that? If God told you to let me go, what would you do? I think I would be like Peter at the feet of Jesus when he said uh, here in Luke chapter 5 and verse 8, when Peter saw it, that is this great miracle of the dragging in this great net of fish that Jesus did, proving his um, divinity. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. (laughs) But not so with Jacob. He realized he was a sinner and pleaded that as the reason for God's blessing. This was his only chance to gain assurance and peace with God in view of his impending danger. He was not going to let the angel of the Lord depart without blessing him. Alan White continues, What boldness has here manifested? What lofty faith? What perseverance and holy trust? Was this presumption and undue familiarity on the part of Jacob? Had it been of this character, he would not have lived through the scene. His was not a self-exalted, boastful, presumptuous claim, but the assurance of one who realizes his weakness and unworthiness and the ability of God to to fulfill his promise. Isn't that beautiful? Jacob persevered all night in prayer, realizing his unworthiness as a sinner, but trusting fully in God to fulfill his promise. And that's what Jesus bids us to do too. Let's read it here in Luke chapter 18 and verses 1 through to verse 8. So it's a parable that Jesus gave here on this, uh, this actual fact of persevering in prayer. He says this, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth? Now, I want to share a couple of points based on this parable. Firstly, the widow had a need to be avenged of her adversary. Being a widow, there was no husband to defend her. So she relies on an unjust judge to make a judgment in her favour. But the unjust judge doesn't answer her request immediately. It wasn't important enough to him. But 
After a while, he decides to grant it. Now note, he had no fear of anyone, not even of God. But he did have a concern with this woman. He thought her continual coming to him with her complaint or with her request might weary him. So he avenged her. Now here's the point. If an unjust judge for purely selfish reasons responded to the continual requests of the widow in need, how much more do you think our God who is just and caring will avenge his elect, those who believe in Jesus and that cry unto him day and night for deliverance? It reminds me of another parable that Jesus spoke about. It's another parable to do with prayer. Let's have a look here in Luke chapter 11 and verses 5 through to verse 10. It says here, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. That's Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 10. Now, did you note that? God doesn't answer our prayers because of our friendship with him, but because of our importunity. Now, what does that mean? Well, importunity is the word that means persistence, especially to the point of annoyance. To pester with requests is another definition of it. The Greek word used here, according to Vine's Dictionary, denotes shamelessness, importunity, and is used in the Lord's illustration concerning the need of earnestness and perseverance in prayer. If shameless persistence can obtain a boon from a neighbor, then certainly earnest prayer will receive our Father's answer. And that's from Vine's Dictionary. So note, the man in need does not take no for an answer. He persists shamelessly to pester his friend with the request for bread. And the friend responds, not because of the friendship, but because of the importunity of the one in need. Once the friend's reluctance was overcome, all the claims of friendship and necessity are felt to the full. So it is with God. If an inconsiderate friend, death both to your friendship and need, can, after a positive refusal, be won over by sheer persistency, to do all that is needed, how much more can we expect the same determined perseverance in prayer to prevail with God? It's his very nature to be, as Romans 10.12 says, rich unto all that call upon him. And he will answer our calls, provided we persevere in prayer like Jacob did, and pester God with our requests without shame. Now, in the parable of the widow and the unjust judge, Jesus ended it by saying, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Now, that's a good question. 
The faith that Jesus wants to find is the faith that will reach out like Jacob's did and grab hold of the promises of God and not let the Lord go till he blesses you. There will not be that much faith around when Jesus comes, but that's the faith we need to have. We'll find out tomorrow what happened with Jacob. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this meditation this morning. We thank you for the reminder of our need to persist in our prayers with you, to claim your promises and to not let you go till we have that blessing from you, Lord, the blessing of assurance that you've heard our prayer and have answered it. Let us uh, recognize, Lord, too, that we are sinners and not come to you in our pride or with boastful claims, but just come to you humbling our hearts, recognizing our unworthiness and trusting in you fully for your forgiveness, for your blessing and for your deliverance and to supply all of our needs for you care for us. So we pray this in and through the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the 7am Bible this morning. I trust you've gained a blessing from it. And remember, wherever you are today, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, be prayerful, be careful, take the Lord with you and have a great day. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of the 7am Bible.
His wounds have paid. 